Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 6, Episode 13, Sight Unseen. And offline, uh, Carrie told me that she has changed her opinion on her favorite Stargate episode ever. (laughs) You liar. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) She's moving this one into the top number one all-time favorite best Stargate episode ever. (laughs) You take that back. You you said no such thing. No, this this I'm this episode is dumb. I'm sorry. It's just it's like it's not bad. It's just dumb. There's a lot of plot holes and a lot of oh hey we're gonna try this thing. Oh, it works, and we have no idea why. Yeah, I mean it almost it kind of seems like they had two half. Two ideas for, like, half an episode and then, like, stuck them together. Because there's all this stuff with the bugs and then there's the stuff with Vernon. And I I'm j- I don't – it's weird and, like, uh, I don't – I don't know. It's, like – and I don't know. And it felt like it, like it ran short so they had to, like, add stuff or something. Especially, like, the bit at the beginning when, like, SG-1's coming back and Walter Norman Harriman Davis, whatever name he's going by that day – is, like, permission to open the iris, and Hammond's like, do it, because, like, you don't, that's just taking his oh, rote yeah. at this point. It's like, oh, okay, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think kind of find it funny with the very opening kind of intro to the scene at large where they have the guy behind the clear board, mm-hmm. uh, just, like, you know, general extra person, like, and it's supposed to be some sort of scientific mapping of the stars or something, but it's just it's, like, oh, point to star. Oh, we're just, and it's just <laughs> it's so very gloriously generic of like, okay, we're going to start on you. You're going to look very intense. You're going to look like you're doing something smart. And then we're going to go to the actors. Okay, ready? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one. And it's just like. It's just, it's such a filler. Like, this episode could not exist and nothing in the Stargate universe would change. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? And, like, I know, you know, when you have 24 episodes, yeah, there needs to be some filler. But you want it to at least be fun. And this is just dumb. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't enjoy this one. Uh, yeah, I there were too many hokey moments where I was like, yeah. they're just they're just kind of being like, oh hey, this one in a billion chance of something worked, woohoo! Yeah, but they did it like more than once in the episode, so it kind of makes you go, ah, okay. But yeah, no. yeah. All right. Well, sh- should we get into it and talk through our problems and see if we can come to any resolutions on it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll see if we like this episode more or less after talking about it at length. Probably going to be less because that's always like <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe. Okay. Um. Okay. So this is again sight unseen. It originally aired on January seventeenth, two thousand and three, with a story by Ron Wilkerson, a teleplay by Damien Kindler, and directed by Peter West. And on the commentary, we have Peter West, Andy Wilson, and Rick Dean. Did they In- say they didn't like it? These guys aren't really great at doing commentaries <laughs> there's like there's like one fun fact i pulled from the commentary oh the rest of it was like okay that camera lens was a yeah kind B26 of 26 telephoto yeah okay. 
And they, they also, like, they don't talk enough. Oh, so they just watch it? Yeah, they just kind of watch it, watch it. And then, like, there'll maybe be, like, a three or four minutes of them talking about stuff. And then they're, like, silent for five minutes. And then they talk for two, three minutes. And then they're quiet for, like, five minutes. Oh, so, fine. all right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so in this episode, SG-1 returns from a mission with an ancient artifact that triggers the ability to see hideous yet harmless life forms in a parallel reality. As the ex- as the effect spreads to civilians, they must find a solution before mass hysteria breaks out. No! So we start in the SGC, and there's an incoming wormhole, and it's SG-1 returning from their mission. They have a MALP that, with them that is carrying a large case. There wasn't much on the planet they were just on, but there was evidence of it having been some kind of ancient outpost, as in, like, of the ancients, not just old, but the race, the ancients. Sam then opens the case, and inside is, like, a large cylindrical device that's glowing orange and giving off some kind of energy. Jack thinks it's a bug zapper. It's totally harmless, but they don't know exactly what it is. It just turned itself on when Jonas touched it. Which, as anyone who's been listening to this for (laughs) any sort of time knows, immediately, the standpoint of, hey, I don't know what this is. Let's bring it back to the planet and figure it out. Yes. (laughs) Just the worst option. Why not work on it there? Yeah. Why not send a team? With more sophisticated diagnostics than you happen to come with, why not yeah. bring it to another planet like yes. this? The third, the third option planet that we keep talking about. Yeah, the alpha this, site. The alpha site <gasps> thing. Go to the alpha site or something. Have just have just like a like a test planet yeah. that yes. is abandoned. Yeah, I don't. Also, <laughs> also stop touching things. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but this does kind of bring up an interesting question that we don't know about now. We'll know about it at, like, the end of Season 7. But do you think Jonas has the ancient gene? Because this is an ancient device, and it turned on when he touched it. Oh, well, I didn't really think about it because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> does There's... it turn out to be Yes. <laughs> Well, no, there, it, it's never brought up because we don't learn okay. about the, the so the, the to Remember. use ancient tech, you need a specific gene oh, that, like, Jack right, right. has. Remember? Yeah. So, okay, all the Atlantis is coming back to me now. Yeah. So, now, I don't know. It just, knowing that and watching this, it just makes me think, does Jonas oh. have the ancient gene? Well, that would be an interesting concept, wouldn't it? Yes. And but maybe. Well, you don't know because it's we'll never brought up. Because mm-hmm. You, like, see, no, never see Jonas again when after he leaves. Which is also sad. I know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so as she went in the gate room to talk about this device, and Jonas then spots this, like, large red, I don't know, like, mosquito flying bug thing up near the ceiling. He draws his weapon to try and shoot it. and But the interesting thing is nobody else can see it. It then flies through the wall. Jonas is insisting something was there, so Hammond picks up the phone and orders a Class 1 security lockdown. This is not a drill, and we cut to the opening credits. I do like how, I mean, even they, even though they go eventually in the direction fairly quickly, unfortunately, of like, oh, Jonas must be nutty, I do like how initially Hammond is like, well, we don't know what's going on, we're going to just hit the button and figure it out later. Yes, I, I mean, I do too, because I think... They have learned some lessons that they deal with weird alien stuff 
all the time. If something weird happens, something weird has happened. Mm-hmm. Let's like lock it down and yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, but I do like that Jonas was believed. Yeah. yeah. Initially. Mm-hmm. So we come back from the opening credits and everybody's up in the briefing room and the base has been swept three times and there's no evidence of the creature that Jonas saw. It wasn't even seen on video. Is Jonas like really, really, really sure he saw something? He's like, yes, absolutely. I saw it. So uh, since there's no evidence of the creature, though, they're going to put the base back into normal operations. And then SG-1 is given some downtime because maybe Jonas is just hallucinating because of stress. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) After Hammond leaves, Sam and Jack then sort of continue to question Jonas, like, are you sure you're not hallucinating? And he's like, oh, because the whole Nequadria poisoning thing, and I'm starting to go wacko like all the other people on Kelowna. But he's like, no, I'm fine. Dr. Fraser said I was fine. There was something there. He's 100% certain about it. And nobody at any point in time is like, Oh, wait a minute. You're seeing something weird just after we brought the weird thing that we don't know what it does back to the planet. Maybe the light makes you see something because we yeah. a little bit touched it. Yeah. How was that not everybody's first option? Yes. Like, instead of, oh, you must be going insane. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And even when Jonas brings that up later, Hammond is like, I don't see any evidence of that. It's like, what? what you don't even know what it is. You don't even know what it does. You don't see evidence that it's not that either. But we'll get, okay, we'll get to that. Anyway, um, so we cut to some time later. Jack is in Saviza heading off to go fishing. He, as always, invites Sam, and she, as always, turns him down because she's going to be staying on base to study the artifact that they brought back. Also, is it not weird that they're not like, oh, hey, you should probably stick around for a while because if Jonas is seeing weird things, we should make sure that the rest of you aren't affected by whatever is happening to him. I, I mean, Jack does offer to stick around and Sam's like, it's all right. It's fine. I'm just going to be in my lab. You go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. So then, cut to again sometime later, and Jonas shows up in Sam's lab, because it's kind of hard to relax with the thought that he might be going insane, bouncing around in his head. So he thought he might try to get a start on translating, like, the glyphs that are on the device to help Sam figure out what it might be. And she's like, that's great. I still have no idea what this thing is, and none of the testing she's done has yielded any results. As Jonas is sort of, like, thinking out loud and talking to himself, like, about the glyphs, he puts his hand on the device, and then this massive blue and yellow lizard caterpillar thing crawls out of the device. He freaks out. Sam doesn't see it. It's like right there on the desk, like right in front of her. She can't see it. And he's like, okay, maybe there is something wrong with me. And or the device. Yes. So Jonas and Hammond are in Dr. Fraser's office and there is nothing physically wrong with Jonas. All of the scans and tests came back completely normal. So until they can figure out what's going on, Jonas is off active duty, which he understands that, but he does sort of beg Hammond to be allowed to continue studying that device as the hallucinations only started when they brought it back, and he's convinced there's a link. But again, Hammond's like, I don't see any evidence of that. (sighs) Uh, But anyway, the device is being sent to Area 51, so he's going to have to study the writing based on the video that they have of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonas and Tilk are then walking through the halls. Jack had also asked Tilk to go fishing, and Tilk does not enjoy fishing. So he was also like, no thanks. 
and Jonah's like, oh, great. So he didn't ask me and Tilk reminds us that Jonah's, for some reason, is still not allowed to leave the base, even though he has left the base. But I guess that's only been on, like, official missions. Yeah, maybe not uh, unsupervised, yeah. as it were. But, like, Jack would be supervising him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, he invites Jonas to join him in Kelnorim, but you know that doesn't really do anything for Jonas. And then Tilk like stops walking and is staring up at the ceiling, where there's another like bug creature flying around and kind of going in and out through the wall and back. And like he sees it, so does Jonas. So we got two people seeing weird things now. So. And the same thing. The same thing. Yes, the same thing. Uh, Outside the base, Jack pulls up to a gas station and the attendant there starts to wash his windows and they chat a bit. And as Jack is kind of just looking around, he spots some kind of flying creature out in the wild and flies like through the gas station sign. And he yells at the man to like get down, grabs his gun from the truck. This guy, Vernon is his name, uh, thinks Jack is going to rob him, which I'm not trying to rob you. Just get down. Jack shoots at the creature a few times. Nothing happens. The other guy didn't see anything. Jack introduces himself and, like, grabs Vernon's arm to help him get up. Says that thing was classified. And the dude's like, I need, I was in the army. You can tell me. Or I, I forget what branch, wait, what branch was he in, did he say? Or did he just say he served? That he was I a vet? I just remember him saying he was a vet. He served in the Gulf in the motor pool. Okay. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I served in the Gulf Motor Pool. Okay, so we don't know which branch. But anyway, he's like, you know, this is my place. If there's something weird going on, I should know about it. And he's like, mm, no. Uh, and then Jack calls Hammond to tell him what's going on. And apparently more people on base are starting to see those weird creatures all over the base as well. So not something good. not good. Something definitely weird is going on with everybody, not just Jonas anymore. Um Here's the here's single fun fact from the commentary. This was not a real gas station. It was all, like, props and, like, set that production set up. And apparently the PAs, no. had, and the, apparently PAs had to keep, like, turning away the general public. Be like, this isn't a real gas station. You can't. Oh. <laughs> People funny. kept pulling in to try and get gas. Like, no, this isn't. You see cameras? This is filming. Go, go away. Oh, funny. Not <laughs> so, a gas station. Not a gas station, no. So back at the SGC, Sam goes to check on Jonas, who is back to working on trying to translate the writing on the device, which has not been transferred to Area 51. He's got some of it, like there's something about an experiment, but some of the other words don't really make sense. Part of it says beings of the inner layer, but that doesn't make any sense. They kind of bandy about a few synonyms until Sam comes up with, what about another dimension? And he's like, ah, that could be it. Okay, thanks. She's like, that's it? She's like, yeah, I mean, this is going to take a while to translate, so yeah, that's all I got right now. And she turns to start working on something else, but then turns back and apologizes for not believing him earlier. He tries to brush off with the whole Nequadria poisoning thing and still being the new guy, and she's like, no, you're part of the team. We should have believed you. Sorry. And he's like, it's okay. I get it. And then she's like, now get back to work. And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> that was cute. I did like that. Up in the briefing room, Jack is staying in Colorado Springs to coordinate the quarantine. Our favorite word that never gets used uh, on the show. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, and the National Guard is going to be on standby. Jonas, meanwhile, has been able to translate enough of the writing for them to be able to figure out what it does. Because, like, one of the things Hammond talks about is the National Guard to help with, like, containment. And Sam and Jonas are like, well... 
don't think containment is really the issue because they believe the particles that the device are emitting allow people who come into contact with them to be able to see beings in a parallel universe. So they can't really contain these creatures because they're not actually there. Now, for the people at the SGC, they're used to seeing weird things and could probably get used to it. But as far as the general public goes, it could cause like big big problems, including the possibility that the Stargate program could be exposed. And Hammond's like, darn it off. And Sam's like, we've tried. Nothing nothing has worked. There's so many things about this that are just like, oh, this is the part that I have a problem with. Number one, so, okay, they are, they finally get to the conclusion of like, okay, so maybe what we're seeing are, you know, things from another dimension or like a different field of view or whatever. But are these supposed to be the same things that they would have seen on the planet? No, Sam does want to say that the beings they're seeing are on Earth, but a parallel Earth. Right. So it could have been something completely different that, like, was beings in another dimension on the planet. Oh, that, like, the, that the device came from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably it seeing totally been, different things on the other planet. Been like people. But, yeah, and it, I just always find it weird that, like, okay, the beings from the other dimension, they aren't really there, but they're somehow interacting with things that are in yeah. our dimension, like crawling on tables and yes. flying around signs and... But then also passing through walls. So again, it's like, what is solid matter? What is not? How do they decide what solid matter? What's not? I know. Just, why? My brain hurts when I think about yes. like, oh, you didn't think this through, did you? You no. just thought having bugs on the wall were cool. <laughs> Which I mean, it is. But yeah. there need to be rules. Well, I mean, that's something that comes up a lot of like, oh, somebody yeah. finds this device that makes them walk through walls. Then why aren't they falling through the floor? You know, yeah. that inevitable conclusion you get yes. to of like, what are the rules? Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. find rules, stick with it. And they didn't do that. So. Yep. So Hammond then goes down to Sam's lab sometime later. Jack has reported in that there have been no more sightings outside the base. And Sam was able to figure out that the sightings seem to be contained to a 500 meter radius around the device. Unfortunately, they have not been able to find any sort of control or switch to turn it off. And the only remaining idea that Sam has is to just pull the control crystals. And Hammond's like, okay, do that. And she's like, well, it's very advanced. And Hammond's like, this could start getting worse. Like, just pull the crystals. (laughs) Take the battery out. Take the battery. Yeah, take the battery out. So she's like, all right, removing the crystals. So she pulls them out. They stop glowing. The device seems to turn off. Nobody is seeing anything. Fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe that worked. Maybe. maybe. Uh, cut to sometime later. Everybody's in the cafeteria enjoying some snacks. No one has seen any of the creatures since they disconnected the power supply. So cool. Problem solved. Yay. Uh, Tilk thinks they should take the device back to where they found it. But Sam and Jonas both want to keep studying it. And Tilk is like, why? <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. And... I kind of am of the mind to bring it back. Yes. <laughs> Take it back. Put it back Figure where it you out. got it. Figure it out somewhere else. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, the ancients thought these creatures were worth studying, and they seem to be able to interact with matter in this universe to some degree, even though they're not physically here, but are also able to fly through walls. So I do think it was interesting that they do bring up the whole, why do they fly through walls, but, like, walk on tables, like, in the show was kind of mm-hmm. nice, a little nice and a little nod to, yeah, that's weird. So, like, what's going on with these things? And then somebody screams, there's a sound of dishes, like, crashing, and uh, problem not solved. Yeah. Uh, SG-1 have then taken the device back to the planet where they found it. The SGC is not detecting any kind of energy coming back through the gate. And once the device is back in the specific place where they found it, they're going to shut down the gate, like, for an hour, and then hope that solves the problem. So the gate closes. Hammond starts to head back up to his office, but then uh, Norman Walter Herman Davis calls him back because there's those big caterpillar bug things crawling all over the controls. So... Um, that's not good. No. Still saying weird things. Yes. Uh, so SG-1 have brought the device back to the SGC because taking it away didn't do anything. So they need to study it here to figure out what to do. So, okay. So, okay. So why didn't it do anything? Like, why didn't taking it away fix the problem? So they originally thought it was the particles themselves that caused everyone to be able to see the creatures. What if, what if it's not that? Because Jonas started seeing them after he touched the device. So what if the physical contact does something to a person's electrical field that allows them to see the creatures? And that's an interesting idea. And But then they're like, well, not everybody has touched the device, but they're still seeing it. So what if that change could be passed from person to person and contact with the device itself isn't necessary? <laughs> like, Okay, you start losing me of like really. So <laughs> yeah, be like ah, I touched the device, but not everybody touched the device. Ah, but people touched me. I'm like really okay. Yeah, and like, does it have to be skin to skin contact, or is it just? Or do you lose be- your charge for a while? Yeah, a while? like touching so many people. Yeah. So, but anyway, time to order, like, full containment of the city and, like, the surrounding area. Back at the gas station, Vernon's patching up his sign that Jack had shot some holes in. He goes inside, like, puts the money in the drawer and goes to pick up his sandwich when one of those, you know, caterpillar thingies, like, crawls out of the counter and over his sandwich. And he freaks out, because why wouldn't he? Yes. Yes. We then get a quick montage of, like, military vehicles entering the city and starting to set up barricades on various streets. Uh, up in Hammond's office, they've been getting some reports of sightings outside the SGC, and a local news station has started reporting on it. Jack is trying to remember anyone he may have had, like, physical contact with since leaving the SGC to figure out, you know, who might be affected by this. The cover story is that an experimental chemical spill may cause hallucinations. Like, always a good choice. Yeah. Gas yeah. leak. Gas leak. Yeah. Chemical spill. Uh, and Hammond's like, we made this problem, we need to fix it. Yes. Way to go, Hammond. Yes. So, Sam and Jonas are working on the device, studying the crystals, and Jonas has a thought. What if it's something to do with the configuration of the crystals? Because there's sort of like a central control crystal and then six crystals around it, and they're each a different color. Perhaps changing around their order will change what's happening. So, trying all those various configurations could take a while, so they best get started. I don't see that's the thing is like what in the world would lead you to believe yes. that simply putting them in a different order would do anything different in the functionality of the device? Like where where do these thoughts come from? Yeah. Would 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 you like the math on this? 
<laughs> I did math. <laughs> oh, on how many combinations? Yes. Oh, yes. fantastic. Give it to me. Okay. So the math is either six factorial or seven factorial, depending on if that central control, that central crystal has to stay there and it's just the six around the outside that move, or if you can take the one out of the center and put something else in the center. I don't know. Um, but so six factorial, for those that don't know, so a factorial is like six times five times four times three, et cetera. So six factorial is 720 configurations. Seven factorial is 5,040 configurations. Oh my gosh. There's also, though, if the crystals can go in either way, as in like up or down, like if you like flip them over <gasps> end no. to end, yeah. then it becomes 12 factorial or 14 factorial, which... <laughs> 12 factorial is 479,000,600 combinations. 14 factorial is 87,178,291,200 configurations. But they got it in like an yeah. hour. Yeah. So I guess we're going with 6 factorial and 720 combinations. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I did notice that when they apparently get the right one, it glows a different color. So do you think it yeah. just keeps glowing different colors? I guess. Or it's all orange until they get the one green one. <laughs> it's all orange until or you get the green one. Or it's orange or off or green, and the other ones don't do anything. Mm. What if different co- What if different configurations allow you to see into different parallel universes? Oh, man. <laughs> They'll never get it done. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So back at the gas station, the owner, Vernon, has gone missing because, like, Jack went back there with some of the National Guard. And so he tells the National Guard to leave one person there in case Vernon comes back. And Jack then spots Vernon across the street, hiding behind a tree. But just then, a car comes down the street, like, swerving all over the place. From inside the vehicle, there's, like, a large uh, caterpillar creature with, like, a sucker stuck to the windshield, like, right in front of the driver. The driver ends up, like, crashing through some stuff, even, like, through the big gas station sign before he ends up in, like, a telephone pole or something. Gets out, starts yelling about the bug, and when Jack looks back, Vernon is gone. No! Hammond enters Sam's lab, and they're down to one of the last few configurations, so they're hoping that this is it. They reinsert the last crystal, and the device starts glowing green. Jonas then places his hand on the device. He doesn't feel anything, nor does he see anything. But unfortunately, nobody is seeing anything. But just then, an insect thing flies, like, through Hammond, around him, and, like, lands on top of the device. Hammond and Sam are like, there! There's, there's bug there! There's bug! And Jonas is like, I don't see it. It's I, if there's something there, I don't see it. Okay, cool. Sam's turn. And she first, she reaches out to, like, touch the device, but she's like, no, hang on. Jonas, like, grabs his hand, and then she can no longer see the little bug thing. And so then Hammond takes Sam's hand, and he can't see it either. Yay! Yay. It worked. It mysteriously worked. <laughs> Somehow. Yay! We get a quick shot of Vernon walking through the woods with a backpack and hiding from, like, passing National Guardsmen. Uh, so up in Hammond's office, the cure seems to be working. There haven't been any new sightings on base, and people that had been seeing the creatures no longer are. Great. 
time to pass the cure on to Jack and the quarantine team so that they can get it to the public. Dr. Fraser recommends using a placebo pill as a way to pass it along because being like, shake my hand and you're cured is, I don't think is going to go over well <laughs> with no. people. I mean, uh, they could have pretended to give them like fake medical examinations, right? And just needed to touch to them touch and be like, you're okay. I don't, I don't know, if you're, you know, or yeah. you know, something. Something. But yeah. Uh, Hammond's phone rings and it's Jack calling in about Vernon going rogue and he passes on the relevant info so that he, so that Hammond can have Sam and Jonas do some research on this guy and maybe find out where he might be going. Cut back over to Vernon, who's now hitchhiking, and a guy in a pickup truck stops to pick him up. And on the radio, there's a news report about, like, what's going on in Colorado Springs. And dude's like, that's crazy, huh? And Vernon's like, yeah, that's totally not so crazy. People are weird. (laughs) Back in Sam's lab, she pulls up information about Vernon, including the fact that he had just emptied his bank account several hours ago. And Jonah seems a little horrified that Sam can get that kind of information this easily. She's like, we only use it for good, I promise. (laughs) He's like, okay. Uh, But apparently they've also frozen his credit cards. But if he's using cash, that's going to be a lot harder to track. And they're like, why, why, why is he running anyway? He was in the military. He shouldn't be afraid of these things. It's like, I'm, I would be like, being in the military doesn't prepare you for seeing giant colorful bugs crawling out of the counter at your gas station. Like, that's. Yeah. Again, I don't know. And Sam's like, it must be because he doesn't buy the cover story. Again, what I thoughts? Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay, so does he have any family in the area we could go talk to? So Sam and Jonas go off to see his grandmother, who is lovely and adorable, and she's great. <laughs> <laughs> she is funny. Uh, Sam and Jonas try to be tactful and tell her the cover story about Vernon being exposed to a dangerous chemical and he could be putting other people's lives at risk and Grandma doesn't quite buy the cover story and starts telling them stories about the experiments that were done on him when he was in the Gulf and Vernon hasn't quite been right in the head since he got home Sam then decides to like switch tactics and tell her okay it wasn't actually a chemical spill it was actually an experimental germ that was created by the military that he was purposefully exposed to but it was to try and undo what had been done in the Gulf. Unfortunately, there were some side effects, and Vernon could still be putting a lot of people at danger. Totally, like, not on purpose. Jonas is like, but he could still be not good for other people. So, and Grandma thinks they're a lovely little couple, so she decides to help Um, them. mm -hmm. And Jonas starts to be like, oh, no, and but Sam just, like, grabs his hand and, like, cuts him off, and they, like, play along. Yeah, like, oh, honey, stop it. It's fine, because, you know, why not? Anyway, okay, so they ask her, okay, so where would Vernon go if he was in trouble? And Grandma's like, probably to see Chuck, who's not an awesome guy, but that's who he'd go see. Great. Do you know his last name? She's like, ah, maybe I did. Oh, do you know where Chuck lives? And apparently she does. Uh, we see Vernon getting out of the truck at a small airport, shaking the driver's hand as he leaves, and he goes inside and buys a one-way ticket to Las Vegas. As Sam and Jonas leave Grandma's house, Tilt comes up and tells them about a sighting in Hawthorne County and a trucker who had picked up a hitchhiker who looked like Vernon. Sam calls Jack to tell him Vernon is likely at the airport on his way to Vegas. So he's already in his truck, and he'll start heading over in, the da- in that direction. We'll be there soon. 
And he then tells Sam to tell Hammond to ground all of life at the airport. And yes, he's been cured. He got the handshake. It's all fine. Yay. And <laughs> Sam then warns him about Vernon's paranoia and to be cautious. Uh, I always find it funny when they go with the, like, oh, they experimented you on the military. Like, the hidden military experiment bit is always yeah. kind of funny to me that that seems to be almost like a stereotype now that they go to of, like, oh, he's paranoid. He's been in the military. He's seen some shit. Like, I, I don't think that's everybody's experience in the military. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think there are a lot of normal experiences in the military. Yes. Yeah. So inside the airport, Vernon gets through security, occasionally bumping into people. And uh, so he starts heading out onto the tarmac. And then inside, though, all of the monitors show all of the flight statuses changing to canceled. We see Jack and some National Guardsmen show up, start looking for Vernon. Then people, like, start screaming and freaking out. Nah, crap. Jack starts running for the outside. Vernon and the other passengers that were about to board the plane, uh, but a flight attendant stops them, tells them that the flight is canceled, and they need to return to the terminal. Uh, they all head start to head back inside, but then Vernon sees the trucks and Jack and the guardsmen, and he starts running away. They give chase, and he ducks into a hangar. Jack heads in, tells the guards to watch the door. Jack starts, like, talking to Vernon, trying to get him to, like, comply to, like, figure out where he is. Vernon has no interest now that the military experiments have started affecting the general population. It's all going to get out. So Jack kind of throws him a bone, tells him that the creatures are aliens, and that he works for a branch of the military that deals with extraterrestrials. Vernon doesn't really buy it at first, but, like, Jack keeps talking, and Vernon starts believing him. Jack is then like, hey, soldier to soldier, can you please just, like, go along with this, like, keep this on the down low to protect the public? You know, people aren't ready to hear about this. And Vernon's kind of like, all right. But he's not going to take any pills or, like, get any shots or anything. And Jack's like, that's not necessary. It'll be fine. Jack then, like, claps him on the shoulder, makes sure to, like, touch his neck. And Mm -hmm. he's like, all good? All good. So... As they leave the hangar, Vernon asks what planet the aliens are from, and Jack tells him Melmac. And Vernon's like, wasn't that was where Alpha's from? And Jack has no idea what he's talking about, which is kind of an inside joke, because for most of its run, Alf was on opposite MacGyver nah. in the air schedule. So, uh, and that's the end. Okay. I don't think I ended up liking the episode anymore after talking no, about it. No, I still no. don't like it. No. <laughs> I don't think I like it less, but I still don't like it. There's just so much about it that you're like, I I think I agree with you more. That just it was like two halves smushed together. Yeah, that didn't really make any sense. No. Um, okay, so episode title sight unseen. I'm not even sure the episode title makes sense because like sight unseen is like you buy something sight unseen. You know, where you just, like, buy it without, like, inspecting it or getting a look at it, like a house or a car or something. Well, or, or, like, use kind of stuff. the device. They just brought it back without actually <laughs> figuring I, out what it was. I yeah, guess, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think I like all of the foreign territory titles better. Than oh, honest. okay. What do we have? So, uh, so, in French, this was called Hallucinations. Okay. Yeah. In Italian, it was Invisible Visions. Ooh. In Spanish, it was Illusions. Mm-hmm. In German, it was The Invisible. Ooh, I kind of like that best. In Czech, it was Quarantine. Okay. In Hungarian, it was Invisible Invasion. 
But they weren't and, really attacking. Yeah, no. Uh, and then in Russian, we have Invisible World. Oh, I think I like just the Invisible. Yeah, I was like, okay, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So while the episode might not be good, this might make my list for best foreign territory title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me do our wrap up. Here. Okay. Okay. Um, and any final thoughts, or are we just we're done with this one? That was my final thought. Just yeah, yeah. I you're totally right. Like this, this one could be taken out of the rotation, and absolutely nothing would be different. So yeah, yeah. Again, it's not. It's not just bad. It's just dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's just stupid. No. Well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm giving it an eh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a listener email. Really? Yes. Uh, first time writer, Becky. Hi, Becky. Uh, so she writes in with, uh, answer to your question about the time dilation and unnatural selection. So it's not really like we're having problems with, like, how much time had passed at certain points. Okay. And stuff. Um, yeah. So let's see. She says, I'm sure other people have answered this. Uh, there was one comment on the Discord about this, too. Go join the Discord if you haven't. We're having conversations. It's great. But the time dilation kept confusing me as well, and my husband had to correct me. The time dilation on the planet in this episode is actually the opposite of that in Interstellar. Time outside the bubble was moving slower than that in the bubble. Faster time moving inside the bubble is what allowed the replicators more time to evolve. So to outside the bubble and the SGC, it looked like they went in and, like, popped back out, like, immediately. Love your podcast, Becky. Well, thanks, Becky. Yay. Yeah, because I think we were like, so how much, like, SGC time <laughs> was SG-1 gone? But then there was also that one comment that Sam had made about them being unconscious for 37 hours ship time, which, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, what it, like, what is ship time? Is ship time not planet time? I get that time is moving faster there. Why did you have to specify ship time? I, I just, I don't know. There was... And why they had evolved so much and hadn't tried to leave yet. Yes. Yeah. Well, because first they were trying to make more, so they were like an army, because there were yeah. only six of them. So that's why they hadn't left yet, because they needed more of them. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess they were also trying to perfect the formula, as it were. Yeah, because, you know, they didn't like fifth. They thought fifth was wrong. He's not wrong. Fifth was yeah. the best. Um, but... I thought first is the worst, second is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think second had, like, one line, so. <laughs> so not second. Not second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although third was Tom O'Pennican, and he's always great, so third is fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, third is the nerd. Third's not they, the nerd. Do they even get up to fifth in that saying? First is the worst, second, second is best, third is third the nerd, third. and fourth goes north or something? I don't know. I never got past third. let's google it let's find out (laughs) let's see if there's let's see boot no that's not no okay first is the worst second is the best third is the one with the hairy chest no that's not right it's third is the nerd yeah third the turd fourth the dwarf oh Okay. Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay. Zero the hero. First the worst. Second the best. Third the one with the hairy chest. Fourth the one with the golden gun. Fifth the one with the monkey bum. Sixth the king. Seventh the queen. Eighth the one stuck in the washing machine. Ninth the one with the golden eagle. Tenth the ghost climbing a lamppost. 
I've never heard of any of those. No. Let's see. Okay. Minus the highness, zero the hero, first the worst, second the best, third the one with the hairy chest, fourth the one with the golden gun, fifth the one with the crusty bum, sixth the one who sucks his thumb. Nope. I like it. I reject them all. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I never got past thirds of the nerd. No. So I don't know. Ooh, law of the playground.net. Ooh, what is this? <laughs> Sorry, there's there's a there's a website called lawoftheplayground.net. Love the playground. Let's see. This one has fifth the witch as the continuation of it. Fifth the queen. Third the nerd with the golden bird. <laughs> so apparently these are just like things people had done over the years. Uh in Ireland it goes fifth the one that God loves best. Oh. Uh Yorkshire. Uh, first the worst, second the best, third the royal princess, fourth the king, fifth the queen, sixth the witch of Halloween, seventh the executioner, eighth the dirty donkey, ninth the girl, tenth the boy. Which one was the dirty donkey? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. okay, here's our question for you guys. So what's your first is the worst, like, playground chant thing that you did growing <laughs> up? Right in. Okay. Email us. Pop it on the Discord. Let us know your first is the worst yeah. chant and how it went. All right. So. I like it. Okay. Uh, okay. I think that's going to do it for this week. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, check for the link in the show notes. Or you can send us an email at woo. That's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for smoke and mirrors bye bye